it's Wednesday night here at the Kick It Podcast. So if you're tuning in to Twitch, you're tuning in to Spotify, iTunes, whichever. Thank you so much. We're right here, live from Oceanside. Remember, you know. click, like, and subscribe to our show, pretty much. We have with us every week. And shit, we are happy for the viewers that are tuning in. You already know what it be. Louie's right there, holding it down. Yo, yo, what's say up? what's up, Louie. <laughs> of course, you already know, Bruce. And then we got my homie, Vic. Yo. And our guest tonight. I'll let him introduce himself. Well, hey, don't forget to like, share, and definitely subscribe on that YouTube channel. Hey, my name's Walt. I'm Walt Lusk. I am the host of On Air with Walt. And you can find me anywhere podcasts are, including iHeartRadio. And I also have a channel on YouTube, and you can go there and like, share, and subscribe as well on On Air with Walt. There you go. You heard the man. All right, get to it. <laughs> you got two things to do now. <laughs> yeah, homework. <laughs> well, how are you doing today, though? Sir? I'm doing fabulous. Thank you. That's right. That's right. The drive. I drove in from Orange County, so it was reasonably uneventful. So I'm good. I made it. All right. Yeah, it's not too bad. That's what, like 40 minutes, maybe? Oh, no. It's about an hour and a half. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, yeah probably with the Sacramento traffic. Yeah, with yeah. the Sacramento. Yeah, I was. I'm in the. I'm in the middle of Orange County, in Anaheim. So it was less, a little less than an hour. It was good. Oh, mm-hmm. sweet. Well, well, thank you for making it out. Well, I mean, the weather is kind of crazy out here in Southern California it, right now. It's a chilly day. It's super windy. I don't know where this this whole thing came from, but hey, I got right? rain yesterday. Last night it rained at where my house was, so I forgot it was going to rain. Yeah, actually, t- today it just kind of quickly held in certain parts of the the county too. Like, I think we got some hail that in Oceanside today, probably like well, like nine in the morning, something like that. Yeah, yeah, it was it was really early. <laughs> it was funny. It scared my dogs. They were like, oh, and uh, <laughs> scared my dogs. They were all cuddled up. They're and not was... used to weather and cold. <laughs> no, no, they're not. And but it's funny. It was supposed to rain yesterday. You know, it was supposed to be super rainy yesterday and it didn't it was actually today i don't trust weather apps anymore no they they have proven me wrong so many times so years I just and years even... and years ago since i'm a little older than you guys um there was no forecasts i mean in la back in the day when i came here in the, the back in the day there were three-day forecasts and my father said that they made better aftercasts than forecasts <laughs> <laughs> that's the truth <laughs> so so tell us a little bit more about yourself well well i've been in podcasting i didn't know i was going to be such a veteran at this i started an am radio back in 2010 um my background is i'm I'm in the retirement business i help people retire (laughs) and had a show called straight talk wealth um it ran for a year i actually sat for those of you who know dennis prager he has a syndicated show i sat in his chair every sunday at uh, five o'clock for about a year and it was a quasi call-in show. People would call in during the show, but they would just leave a message and we'd call back and see if we could help them out. And it landed still a year until we blew through the whole audience. Um, the guy that I was working with, his name was Bruce, he'd been on it for about three years. And so the audience we had finally got tired of hearing us. So that, that pooped out. And then I started my first podcast. It was called Money and Music back in 2011. And within about nine months, we had 100,000 listeners. It was a, strictly a podcast. Wow. Um, all over the world. It was insane. And that's when I knew that the numbers for podcasting is 100% accurate, as opposed to the shenanigans that radio and TV play. Mm. And um, 
it was really funny. The owner of the station, I'm a good friend still. And he goes, you want your numbers? I go, yeah, are we talking to ourselves? Because there was three of us. It was me and a, a partner, uh, Victoria. And then we had an engineer, Shay. And he goes, yeah, it's about 80,000 people on three different uh, networks. Uh, it was um, Stitcher, which has been very kind to me. Uh, iTunes. And of course, the station we were on, which I'm still on, UBN Go. Dot com And I just went 75,000, 80,000 people. He goes, yeah. I go, really? He goes, yeah, they actually, it's real hard numbers. They, I said, so they go to the website, they pull the show and listen to it. He goes, absolutely. And then a buddy of mine g- gave me an interesting visual. He goes, do you know how, you know what that means? I go, no. He said, that's the equivalent of a football stadium. And I thought, well, that's quite a visual. <laughs> and uh, my stage fright, whatever I had, just kind of went away. Um, did that for about a year and a half. And um, then it was a guest on my show, uh, Dr. Judy, who was a psychologist, founder in a networking meeting. And she wanted to do a show. So we started uh, Dr. Judy WTF for What the Freud. It was an hour show every week call in and it took us about three and a half years to get up to about a hundred thousand listeners. Oh. And I must say that name is really good, by the way. I, I love it. What, yeah. the, what the Freud. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a great play on words. And it turned out that we, the niche we found was a narcissism. So we did everything related to narcissism. And uh, my joke was we became very narcissistic about narcissism. And oh, I was okay. Actually- <laughs> And it was actually the first show where uh, what you guys have done, but this was back in 2012, mm-hmm. where instead of just a microphone in front of me, I had a microphone in front of me, camera in my face and lights in the ceiling. And I'm like, okay, this is lot what I signed up for. This is kind of interesting. And I was actually the engineer and I was the host and the producer and I'd have about 30 or 40 pages of notes in front of me. And uh, Dr. Judy and I would just create the show live on air every week. And that worked until I left in October of 2017. And we had done about 200 shows. So well, what was the reason for some, uh, leaving? We had some creative differences. So uh, she decided to continue with it and uh, I, I left. So, hmm. no, but that's still quite, quite a transition from uh, going from AM radio to just full on podcasting and thereafter video podcasting, which is kind of what we're Yeah, yeah video we're podcasting. Up, up What's now. interesting is Tony Sweet, who's the owner of UBN Go, United Broadcasting Network Go. He started this back in 2012. He was the first one in the country to do it. He had a vision to do it. And he said, I'm, I want to put it, vis- I want visual and also podcasting. So um, he's the first guy to do it since 2012. So it's been 10 years. Wow, time flies. Damn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, interestingly enough, I don't know if you guys know this, but the qualifications for a gram no an emmy an emmy has changed so podcasts with visual qualify if they have certain criteria oh huh. Huh. what is that criteria basically a certain amount of views and the show's been around for a little bit of time and um not really that tough it's just someone has to nominate it and has to be worthy of nomination i guess Oh man! Well, thank you all. Hopefully, hopefully we sure. get nominated. So please, take <laughs> <laughs> a podcast I'll for sure every. Look at the That'll be great. So now you have to like, share, and subscribe, and think about nominating one of these guys' shows, <laughs> and mine too. <laughs> so, so tell us a little bit more. How did you uh, first get into radio? 
Oh man, I knew you were going to ask me that. Um, <laughs> very funny. I would, uh, my po- folks live in LA and I live in Orange County and I usually have dinner with them about once a week. So I was driving into LA, just channel surfing on AM radio. And I heard a, heard a show that was really interesting. And for years people go, you need to be in the radio. Yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. And actually I went and took, um, some voiceover lessons. Mm-hmm. So I did some stuff in animation and um, uh, teleprompting and ear prompting and stuff. And uh, I actually called Bruce, the guy I just I talked about in the first show. I was on. I said, "Hey, I really liked your show." And he said, "Hey, let's do lunch." I go, "Okay." He'd never done that before. And then, long story short, um, we combined forces. He had another guy that was a host with him and had left, and so I filled in and actually did a better job than he did. And um, we we had a great go where we were basically helping people become and stay retired for about a year, as I said, they would call the show. And then I was the one that actually interfaced with them and qualified him. And then they come to the office and we'd help them out. So that was actually, I started on the radio was, I was, my first show was on AM. It was a crack up. It was what's called a brokered show. You know, you pay a few bucks. It was not cheap actually, um, every week. And, um, then from there I met a lady, Victoria, as I mentioned. And so that died in like June, May of June of 2011. And by August, we were broadcasting on money and music. And that was fun because we had nine Grammy Award winners and nominees on the show. We actually broadcast at the Sunset Bronson Studios. We actually had a, stu- a real studio. Wow. Which was really interesting because it was we were in Fred Warner's original office of Warner Brothers. If you drive down Sunset Boulevard, there's this white building with a bunch of pillars. And you can see it in Channel 5, which is a local station in L.A., broadcast on that studio as well. It's a full-fledged, full-on studio. And the Warner Brothers was Fred and Jack Warner. Well, what people don't know is Fred and Jack Warner did not get along. Nah. So they built this building, and one end of the building was Fred's office, and the other end of the building was Jack's office. <laughs> so they had about 100 yards between them. <laughs> and we were on the second floor overlooking Sunset Boulevard in this 20 by 20 by 20 room that originally was Fred Warner's office. And um, it was a lot of fun. And now, interestingly, we were overlooking a parking lot. And now that parking lot got uh, Netflix built a very tall building there. So um, and and the original Al Jolson of the original talking movie was filmed there. And um, what else? Oh, uh, KFWB, one of the original radio stations was, was uh, started there as well. So that was the history. And then, we got we left because somebody wanted the whole building for stuff, and then we went to Sunset Gower Studios, which was only about a hundred yards down the road, and that's another full fledged studio. When so, anyway, it was a great ride. It was actually a for real studio, uh, doing doing podcasting and doing radio. Oh, that's, that's a crazy step. I mean, especially mentioning that you did a. Uh... Uh, animation that, that well, that's I, even I, crazier. I did, I did train for voiceover. I've done some voiceovers. Uh, everybody says you should do more and I've got, you know, okay, what content do I pull? That's my big question to, you know, let mm-hmm. people see, but the, the know, name of the voice acting gigs that you did over oh, your career. Gosh. I've done mostly stuff with professional, just, um, commercial stuff, commercials. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Commercials for voiceover for, you know, training videos and that kind of stuff. Nothing, nothing really that's out in the public. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We're going to so, get that purple rain going over here, guys. Okay. Help yourself. Sorry. I'm going to stick to water. No, it's, it's okay. Well, no, uh, we're mm. doing a, a little flashback with uh, Bruce's segment, Drink of the Day. I don't know if everybody remembers that, but Drink of the Day. Today, it will be a Trailhead Cabernet from Napa Valley. It's a great cab. <laughs> yeah, it smells delicious. Yeah, yeah. How did you hear about this drink? Uh, 
the internet, quite honestly, dude. So, I mean, found it at Bevmo. Shout out to them for hooking me up. And yeah, no, I'm about to have a sip. Would you like some, Luis? Uh, sure, man. All right. I think some of that is poured. Oh, thank you, Walt. And I mean, would you like some, sir? Uh, nah, I'm still on the wagon. <laughs> no, it's all right. I'm still I, on I knew the wagon. It. I knew it. It's all right. It's about five months now. Whew. Let's do it. And counting. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Thank you, sir. Seriously. Mm-hmm. One day at a time. That's what I say to myself. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. I do miss it sometimes. Well, as I have two daughters, and I said that alcohol is four things. Maybe you've heard some of this. Added expense. Mm-hmm. Added responsibility. Of course. Added calories. Yeah. And added drama. At the, the fourth part, yeah. So it's at, but actually most of the time. <laughs> I, I totally agree with the responsibility. So mm-hmm. if you drink, drink responsibly. Yes. You should do everything responsibly, but hey. <laughs> and what we've also started with Jeremy, which is really interesting, is this is going to twist on our show. Is we're starting what's called on air with Walt exclusives, and what we're going to do is we're going to put that on Rumble and a few other platforms, for two reasons. One, for people that um, really don't aren't quite ready for prime time, maybe they will down the road, and maybe they want to go longer than an hour to talk about a topic or an issue or uh, something of that nature. So we're mm-hmm. going to be highlighting musicians and artists and writers. And um, I've got one friend who's going to start talking about a lot of research he's done about stuff. Um, her premise is these days, and I think you guys could probably agree with this one. No, it's okay. What is true is false. And what is false is true. We've all been hosed. I've done thousands of hours of research about pretty much more things than you could fathom. And it's a matter of digging in and figuring out, okay, if this isn't true, what is true? And it's a, it's a basically a huge paradigm shift one, on, on science, yeah. medicine, Math, physics, religion, history. Contradictions. 100%. I think think that's why Joe Rogan is still in the hot seat right now. Well, Joe Rogan is in the hot seat because he decided to tell, have some people on his show who he's improved a lot and uh, are literally telling the truth. But the powers that be don't want us to know the truth. So obviously he's um, in the hot seat right now. Yeah. And one thing he did personally that he should not have done. Apologize. Apologize. <laughs> <laughs> he should, yeah, he should just like said, "Fuck it." It's it, it, yeah. like it I, is, own, it I is own what it. it is, and <laughs> if you don't like it, don't listen. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> I mean, sir. It's pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's definitely it's a very interesting situation with that right now, man. It's it's um. I mean, he had eleven million subscribers on YouTube. I mean, huge. Spotify offers him a hundred million dollars. He bailed California, moved it back to his other place in Texas. And now Roku, I'm sorry, not Roku, um, Rumble. Rumble is the major competitor to, to YouTube. They offered him $100 million to Twitch. I'm going, wow, dude. <laughs> First you got $100 million from one place, and now you get $100 million from another. So, you know, he's pretty much in the driver's seat if he wants to be. Yeah, you know, he's too uh, Yeah, he's, he's too big. It's And also besides that, um, big media just kind of, you know, you would – People nowadays trust a podcaster a lot more than they would trust like an actual news source now. Absolutely. You know, media just like it they messed up their whole image about, you know, that presenting you the news and what was fact and it started getting twisted with, you know, personal bias, you know, it's 
channel with the, whatever. You well, want, I mean, you get into yeah, it. Yeah, each network has if like you look a different at agenda. CNN, CNN for specifically, literally since Trump left office, their viewership has literally dropped 90%. On average, they're down to a half a million people uh, a month that watch the show, watch their stuff. I mean, the drop is dramatic. So um, you're right. People are not tuning into the news anymore and there, there are going to be some other alternatives coming in. And I think people are going to be very pleasantly surprised for those that are awake. Oh, damn. That's facts. <laughs> big, big facts. Man. Hey, so tell us one of the, um, one of your craziest stories you've had throughout your, your, your career. Yeah. Like one of the craziest interview that you've had so far in, in your podcasting career. Well, when I did Money and Music, um, great we, name we by the had, way. Yeah, thanks. And um, it, we talked about money. I, I found Goofy. Uh, actually, they're going to be added. There's a true podcast, and they're not on right now. They're going to be added to my onairwithwalt.com probably in the next couple of weeks, Jeremy. And so, um, <laughs> hey, like shout out in. to Jeremy, He's, by the way. <laughs> The, the, the three Grammy Award winners was uh, Larry Klimas, um, David Garfield, and John Pena. Larry Klimas was a fabulous saxophonist, played with some guy named Neil Diamond in the summertime when he toured. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, David Garfield played with some guy named George Benson in the summertime when George Benson toured, and John Pena was a great bass player. Uh, um, Bob, um, Garfield was a pianist, and they had written a song. I'd just flown in from Russia the day before. So we were making Russian jokes <laughs> and, and they played a song um, that they all had written and had never been played. So it was a, it was an original uh, song, uh, original to money music. And at the time, if you had the stitcher app on your phone, it was one of the original plethoras of podcasting. Um, if you had it on your phone, they usually a couple times a week, they would highlight a show. And I'll never forget it. We broadcast on Thursdays. And on the following Tuesday, uh, about 10 in the morning, I got this alert that, you know, a new Stitcher program was coming up. And I go, okay, well, who is it? And I turned it on and I went, oh, it's my voice. Oh, it's our show. <laughs> <laughs> so it got played and um, got worldwide a worldwide uh, exposure, as it should have. It was a fabulous song. How, how did you uh, feel about it when you heard it? Um. I was blown away. I mean, I was as surprised as anybody. I mean, I, it, 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 they, it just totally out of the blue. I did not expect it at all. And, um, for, for a while we were in the top 15, per, well, actually both when I had money music and then Dr. Judy for a while, we were on the top 15% of all the shows that Stitcher had. They had at the time about 40,000. So, wow. The one thing I can tell you about a show is everybody wants to try to, to enlighten, to inform and educate on something. But I'm here to tell you that you want to do that, but if it's not entertaining, it's not going to work. Exactly. Absolutely. Yep, yep. You got the right formula there, sir. Yeah, you got to be entertaining. <laughs> I mean, it's in the name, entertainment, you know? <laughs> it's what, the name of the game. <laughs> Out of the shows you have done and maybe partake in, which one was one of the most difficult? This may surprise you, but I got referred to a guy named Dr. Don. I'll say I'll spare you his last name. He was a psychologist with a specialty in sex therapy, and he wanted he wanted to do a show. So, okay, let's do a show. And um, he actually even had a um, a 
counseling group with porn stars on Sunday nights who needed, because that industry is tough and, you know, and his wife didn't think too highly of the fact he was in a room with all these different porn stars. (laughs) (laughs) On a Sunday night. Yes. Yes. And they were all female. And he said, I want to do the show. I go, okay, let's do a show. And I had all these visions of it being the next love line. And, you know, I was going to be Adam Carolla and he was going to be Dr. Drew and whatnot. Dr. Drew's a force to contend with, boy. He's, he's, he's an internist and he's got a million dollars a year in, in sponsors. So he's, he's doing fine. Actually broadcast periodically on the network I'm on. And, um, we did one show, uh, and I'm notorious for being prepared. I do boatload of research. Doesn't matter whether I use it or I don't, but I'm prepared, and I just believe it's a it's a better show. So the topic that we were going to talk about, I researched, and he goes, "Ah, oh, that's a piece of cake. I can talk about that for hours." I go, "Okay." So I blew through about three quarters of the research that I had brought, in addition to what he did. And I'm going, okay, well, this is the best he's got. I'm going, this is going to be really interesting. And after that show, he left and went to Israel for about three weeks and came back and said he didn't want to work that hard and just wanted to bail on the show. We did two shows. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good run. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, pre- premature something. But was, anyway, uh, um, two two yeah, two rounds are done. That's uh, <laughs> ain't much sex therapy going on, man. It wasn't much of anything. <laughs> Say it was ahead of its time, you know. <laughs> it arrived early, bro. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> so like, really? He's really going to bail now? We've only done two shows. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> so again, that's having a partnership since I'm a collaborator has its pains and privileges. So and then I've got my own show. So I have nobody to blame but me now. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's still insane. I mean, you would think that, you know, with his profession, he would have a little bit more content, you know. But he'd been a he'd been a therapist for a long time. So yeah, he had a lot of experience and you know, you got a PhD from UCLA and the whole shooting match shooting match. But you know, oh well. Yeah, <laughs> I think he just got tired of dealing with the porn stars, man. He's just <laughs> huh. it all looks the same after a while. <laughs> it could mean anything with Louis, honestly. <laughs> a lot of broken women, you know. <laughs> yeah, they might start blending after a while. Uh, I mean, I mean, even the stories they must have though. It's yeah. mm-hmm. how was that experience? Can you name one? Like a star, a star. They did the porn star. No, I two we, shows. No. no, no, no. We we didn't we didn't name names in that one. We were just talking concepts. <laughs> gotcha. So no, we didn't we didn't we didn't do any visuals in that regard either. You know, it was a gotcha. podcast. Remember? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. That's gotcha. It. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> no names. I had to ask. <laughs> I, I, I asked him after the after at the show a couple of times, and he he swore into secrecy because you know they're they're clients, so he has patient to client. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, gotcha. so I'm afraid I I don't know. So he was really playing with fire then, huh? <laughs> Um, I don't know that either. Yeah, <laughs> with his wife, maybe. Yeah, although, dude, he was like, I can't he, tell he you. Was, he was really interesting into some interesting things we were going to delve into from a fetish perspective, but <laughs> didn't know uh, whether that was real or Memorex. <laughs> well, you put it that way. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, any comments over there in the in the laptop, Louis? Uh, Elias Martinez saying, "Shout out, Kicking Podcast, Kicking with the best." Uh, on Instagram, uh, the homie Jose saying, Walt Lusk in the house, get that bag, and then money bag. Yes, sir. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty good interaction so far. Yeah. Sweet. 
was it a i have a question about uh what was it was it difficult to transition from the radio into podcasting no it's radio was i mean we were doing radio i mean literally we're sitting in a studio the salem network actually um you know doing our thing and then i was was uh with you know the two of us and i was kind of the, the color guy at that point um and then the next one was money and music so i was one of the hosts and then became kind of the main host um it was a very easy transition the big transition was when i went from money and music as i said to dr judy wtf you know instead of just having a microphone in front of me and i could read notes and you know all this stuff all of a sudden i'm on camera and actually i was the engineer and so i'm actually changing the cameras between me and dr judy and there's lights in the ceiling and all of a sudden i'm on youtube and it's like whoa this is really more than i've signed up for <laughs> but it, it turned out really well dr j was a fun show we did a lot of a lot of fun stuff um and um yeah i did a lot of research every week for the show and it came prepared and you know it showed which one was your favorite um episode segment? Well, that's a good question um Early on, we did – there was a movie that came out, uh, um, something Mr. Banks. I can't remember the whole name of it. But it was uh, on the from Walt Disney perspective on the Mary Poppins movie. And we – I just – I've been a big fan of Walt Disney forever. And so I did a lot of research on Walt Disney. And the title of it was Does He, Does he uh, Love Children or Hate Orphans? Because if you look at the Disney movies, there's, there's obviously – there's never a mom right? Cinderella didn't have a mom. Snow White didn't have a mom, even though she had seven multimillionaire guys she hung out with. Um, uh, Bambi lost his mom. You know, Pinocchio mm -hmm. didn't have a mom. I mean, so where's mom in all this? Oh, <laughs> yeah, this went to a rabbit hole. I didn't think it would go to. Well, yeah. And Alice, oh, wait, what about, wait, what about yeah, yeah. Alice? I think she doesn't Alice have a mom. Wonderland? It's, was, it's her she, aunt. She was, was her aunt. Oh, shit. She was stuck in Wonderland. She didn't have a mom. She had the Mad Hatter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> and the big hat. Who are you? Um, but it turned out that without a mom, there's more drama, right? And mm -hmm. that's all movies are and entertainment. It's drama. So if you think about it, so with, with, and with conflict is drama. And without a mom, there's conflict. So, um, and it was a great show. One interesting thing is he was working on busting his buns for a little movie called Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs back in 1939. And he finally got enough money, um, made it. Everybody thought it was called Walt's Folly. And of course he got a boatload of Academy Awards for it. But what's interesting is he brought his parents down. I believe they were from Oregon and he bought a house and he had some guys from the studio working on the house and either they didn't put the heating system in correctly or it was defective and there was a it caused a lot of carbon monoxide and his mom died oh. as a result oh. of living in the house for 30 days and it was incredible you know talking about moms it was very traumatic for him and he never ever ever talked about it not even to his kids so that was really interesting in terms of the research i learned um, but then you know, I was, so there was, you know, there's a psychological kind of component, but, uh, you know, we, we had fun. We delved into a lot of stuff. We, you know, narcissism, we delved into everything with narcissism. It's hilarious. Narcissism, dads, narcissism, mothers, children of narcissism. What about it? But narcissism, what, what are they, how narcissistic are they toward death? Um, helicopter parents, 
Uh, anyway, we, we just went off on narcissism. It was really funny. And one time, Dr. Judy, and she got patients all over the world from the show. And one time she called me and she goes, I got a man from Japan. You got a man from Japan. How's that work? Turned out a wife was listening to the show, watching the show in Japan. Her husband was a corporate attorney for Japanese, for American company in Japan. Okay. And he was a little bit of a narcissist. And she said, you better get on and talk to Dr. Judy. So he had some sessions uh, with Dr. Judy. It was hilarious. And so, yeah, it was international. We, <laughs> we had people from Poland and Germany and um, Europe and all South America, all over. It was a crack up. Uh, I ran the YouTube and the comments were worldwide. It was fun. Until it wasn't. What, what were some of the uh, more interesting things you learned about uh, narcissistic uh, tendencies? Yeah, it sounds like a great topic. I'm kind of down to do a segment right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, first off, there are two kinds of narcissists. Narcissists, if you're going to boil it down to simplicity, there are overt narcissists and covert narcissists. The one everybody's familiar with is the overt narcissist. You know exactly who they are, you know where they stand, and you know kind of what's going on. The overts are really called wolves in sheep's clothing. They suck you in, mostly it's guys sucking in ladies. And by the time the women figure out, oh man, I'm stuck with this crazy control freak who's a narcissist, they have basically cut them off um, and control everything. And trying to get out of that whole relationship is not easy. Um, extreme example, a lady fell in love with a covert, uh, overt narcissist, no covert narcissist moved to, to, uh, South America and she, she was, she did sewing and stuff, brought her equipment down. And he basically said, well, you want to play ball. You're on your own, you know, and she literally was stuck in South America with nothing. Damn. But, but she felt like she loved the guy. Oh yeah. She wouldn't have done all that. She didn't. Man. And she figured it out the hard way. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> Oh, what, happened, what happened with her? <laughs> she finally made it back, but it wasn't easy. Oh, yeah, shit. She lived a tell tale. What's interesting about narcissists is they treat everybody. It, it's, it's, a, it's a self-preservation kind of uh, perspective. It's all about them. Everything is about them. They control the environment. They control the conversation. They can't laugh at themselves because if they laugh at themselves, that means they're looking at themselves and they can't. It's a, it's a defense mechanism. And typically it, in relationships, and most narcissists are guys, but it's not, not entirely all, but majority, they basically treat women, whether it's a wife or a girlfriend, like an appliance. It's like, let's say you had a coffee maker, okay? Makes great coffee. It's the best coffee in the world. I love my coffee maker. I get up in the morning, it's fabulous. And then it breaks. You take it, toss it in the trash, and then go get another one. All of a sudden, the new coffee maker is their best and favorite coffee maker. In other words, they've got stuff lined up. Um, I've, I, I talk to people and they go, oh, he was a narcissist. Let, let me guess, within two or three months, he already had another girlfriend. Oh, yeah, he already had her lined up. They, they always have another appliance, another person lined up to replace the one that they've got because they've got to have this person because they need accolades. They need attention. They need a lot of stuff from, from their people. And we did two shows on what's called Flying Monkeys. Flying Monkeys actually came from the Wizard of Oz movie. If you remember the Wicked Witch, mm -hmm. they had all mm -hmm. these monkeys flying around. Well, he has people doing stuff, do his bidding because they get accolades from him and he gives accolades to them, but they're doing the bad stuff. So he can say, I didn't do that. I, I, I would never do that. 
And in technical sense, he didn't do whatever that got done to this individual. He had somebody else do it. So he was the causal factor of it, but he didn't actually do it. So he had plausible deniability. Yeah. (laughs) It's really interesting stuff. (laughs) And and that's called a flying monkey? That's called a flying monkey. Wow. Didn't know there was a word for it. (laughs) Another phrase is actually from a movie from 1947 called Gaslighting, where they make you feel like you're crazy. Like, I know I left my keys right there. I haven't seen your keys. I don't know where they are. And he's moved them over here just to kind of mess with them, make sure they think they're going crazy. Another controlling mechanism is called gaslighting. And to get out of gaslighting, what you need is an enlightened witness. In other words, a third party. Hey, I saw you put your keys there. So I know he's messing with you. But if you don't have that, it's kind of tough to figure it out. Yeah, that isn't saying how you could just be narcissistic in so many different levels and not even realize it. Well, I mean, as a victim, you you don't, you don't really realize it. You you have the the rose colored glasses. Well, you think you're going crazy, but in reality, you're not. But it's tough, and um, it's not easy. And um, <laughs> you know, like with Instagram, like we did a show on narcissism. Instagram at the time, there's like 90 million selfies on Instagram. Well, what is Instagram? It's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so we did a lot about narcissism. So, as I say, a little bit of learning is dangerous. Mm. I, yeah, yes, that is correct. <laughs> we, got, we got so big that one one show a month toward the end of my involvement, we did um, what I called free for all calls. We had people call all over the country. Just hey, Thursday, here's a number, call, and we'd take eight to ten calls uh, a show. I mean, just out of the blue. And it's been, I've been told that one phone call to, into, to any radio show is equivalent to 50,000 listeners because it takes time to develop your audience for them to be comfortable to call, to talk to you, to call you, to realize that I'm calling and, you know, a bunch of other people are listening to the, the, the phone call and then they get kind of, and maybe they got kind of, maybe they get nervous. Um, and so, you know, it's a big deal if you're able to get telephone calls, it took us like three years, but, um, uh, it was an interesting experiment that, that worked well for the time being. Um, and so it, it, it just takes time to develop an audience no matter what you do. No, I, I believe it. And, and the phone call thing, that's something that actually we want to start implementing here at the podcast. It, it's happened a few times with a, a couple of artists tuning in and just giving us a quick uh, phone ring, but uh, opening up a line and just have it live and, yeah, have an audience in, in that side. That, like I said, that's something we would like to start uh, approaching as well. But yeah, it's kind of it's kind of rough, especially marketing out the number because uh, we've had people from Boston who tune in and they leave a comment. But I mean, I don't, I don't know if if they would get charged, you know, for a long distance phone call or something well, like that. Well, cell phone will travel. It's no big deal anymore. Yeah, really, that is true. Yeah, huh, I doesn't, like that. It doesn't matter. Anymore. Man, five G, mm-hmm. huh? Five G, man. <laughs> <laughs> It's a bitch to have, though. Remember that one, Louis? 5G? Getting the 5G installed in the top upstairs studio. Oh, yeah. Oh, the fiber. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. fiber. <laughs> oh, man. They take uh, forever, dog. That was a hassle. <laughs> mm-hmm. Any more comments over there, Louis? No, nah, man. We're chilling right now, bro. All right, cool. Um, Well, what, what do you say? Well, uh, would you be okay if we take a break right now? Absolutely. Oh, sweet. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I think we 
reached that time. We're about to take a quick old break. So stay tuned. Let's listen to those messages. We still have Walt here in the house. So we'll be right back. Can I get Louis? the shout outs? Yeah, go ahead. Can I get the shout outs, Louis? Yeah, dog. Go for it. This show. Yo, shout out to Full Metal Burgers. Burgers are good. You don't even need fries. Mm. Shout out to the homie Oside Lens. Yo, check out the gear on that 760. Bruh. The next batch is going to come up. He's already running short of the other one that he's trying to get rid of. Hit him up while the supplies last. Yo, shout out to JT Active. Yo. And, oh, shout out to Livid Experiences. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. And shout out to our main man, Louis Lope, over there in the back, engineering the episode for today. And we are the Kick It Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be right back. now what's up we're back yes and we're back from the messages thank you guys so much for staying around you already know full metal burgers franco's landscaping doesn't go wrong plus lived experiences always coming through with that clutch oceanside beautiful video right there and man second part of the segment yo (laughs) can we talk about cup to mike and how that went down Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start there. Yeah, so, so I'll go for you. Oh, no, no, you can explain it. No, you, you go, Bruce. All right. So re- just recently, this Saturday, um, no, Friday, this past Friday, sorry. <laughs> I was all over the place on that weekend. Uh, last Friday, we had um, an event called Cup to Mike, where we get a bunch of these artists get together, play like a tournament like until we get a winner, and they play beer pong. Loser performs first, of course. That's how you get like the first sets and whatnot. And then the winner ended up getting a radio play for uh, 91X. Cool. Mm-hmm. And basically, I was the ref. Uh, Louie was helping out on the sound, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He's like co-hosting, I think. Yeah, he was co-hosting. Yeah, I saw you right there getting up on the tables. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least he wasn't dancing the tables. That yeah. is true. <laughs> I was speaking trash. No, but he there. was taking the beer to the tables. At least I saw that. Yeah, he, he helped me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was a lot of work, but it was great. It was yeah, it was it was fun. It's it was amazing. Uh, so uh congrats congrats to Bolo and D Suave for winning that tournament. It was man, I love that because these artists are getting drunk as as the day progresses. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> so just to shoot and try to make it. They were getting so hyped every single time they made the cup. Mm-hmm. It, it was and funny. The thing about it was every one of these artists. They bought a beer each time, and I already bought them the beer right there to the table because each game, you know, everybody gets a beer. They already had another beer too. I'm like, yeah, they, this is gonna, <laughs> this is gonna go pretty great. So, so, so what you're saying is they're basically two fisted drinkers. Yeah, yes, that's how it, majority of them was two fisted, bro. It was, it was fucking great. <laughs> and then them trying to perform too, while you know, tipsy. So that was even more great. <laughs> what was your, what was your favorite part of the night, Louis? Man, I I think it was probably like the first round of games because uh, it was exciting and like everybody was ready to go. Yeah, and everybody already came in like with a lot of energy, so it 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 was it was dope. You're was right. Dope. Watching that watching that coach dope game versus JT Active, like it was that game was intense. They were going back and forth, but I think oh man, there was a lot of good moments. There was I don't know what game it was. I don't remember specifically. Um, but they were going back and forth like shots. Oh, yeah, on that one cup, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, that shit so, was great. <laughs> so I don't know if you've played beer pong before. Um, it's been a while. Yeah. So uh, once they make the last cup on you, you have retribution or, or rebuttal. Rebuttal, not retribution. 
<laughs> uh, rebuttal. And uh, they were just going back and forth on those a couple times. And it was it was intense. I think it was a semifinal round, I think. I, but, I believe so, dude. But just the, the whole night was great. Uh, like you said, that that first that first round, dude, everybody was just so amped to see to see the game. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about sports sometimes, you know, you just you just want to see who who's gonna take it. And on the JT active versus oh man, Coach Doe, uh that one was intense, dude. Like honestly, I felt like Coach Doe was gonna take it the whole time. But then I don't know where JT just came through, bro. Fucking uh two second uh, last point of the game just made the shot. You know who I was actually surprised though was with uh, uh, one of the rappers. His name is Jocko. Uh, he had our friend Smoke Dog, who who was a host for the show. Uh, he uh, his girl ended up being Jocko's teammate, and they made it all the way to the finals. So that was amazing, just watching them. You know, underdogs. I think they they, they came in hot. They were like the way they that they did. were playing. They were and they were not playing around for no sure. they, they, they were they were hella concentrated oh yeah big time. as well as ball and ball and d swive they were they were just on it all night you know they weren't being like super loud you know just just on it just concentrated yeah mm-hmm. no but it, it was cool congratulations to everybody and uh to, thank you michael gabriel for opening up the event for us it was it was great energy like the whole entire time so and to everybody who came out and just showed showed support bought some beers bought some merch thank you for real Hey, um, we we actually have a comment that just came in uh, from Jeremy Stewart. Actually, uh, he said, "Question for everyone: What is the most enjoyable part of podcasting, and what would be the biggest dream for a podcaster?" Would you like to start, Walt? Sponsors. You guys have just went through a bunch of sponsors. Rush Limbaugh had over three hundred sponsors, uh, and he did really well. <laughs> I um the guys the presidential the presidential the uh governor t- candidate um Larry Elder I heard him speak a couple times uh years ago and I told him I had a podcast I mean boom first question how many sponsors do you have I said well I'm working on it well can't have a show without sponsors so but uh yeah and you know listeners having an impact whatever that is I mean you know it, it, whether it's entertainment or you know you, you Somebody like what you did, you know, that's what it's all about, I think. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You, you got to make an impact, dude. Like, because you, you got to enjoy it. You can't just be up here creating content to create content. Now, as Walt mentioned it earlier, like, you have to make sure that you give out some type of information that people are learning and that overall you entertain, man. You got you to gotta enjoy it. And if you enjoy it, it's going to show and people it's, are going to like it. It's going to rub off. Absolutely. And uh, what about you, man? What, what do you think? Me, I I think I just said it, but that's probably Bruce's <laughs> turn at this point. Yeah, he was going down. <laughs> no, you're good, man. Um, just a free expression about it, though, bro. Just like you know, it's like you can go ahead and create your own content. Like you could pick out the topic you want. You could pick out the guests that you want to have. Like you feel like it would be great to hold down a conversation other people will actually be related to. And basically, just like creativity, um the freedom of it and also the connections too while you make with it because every audience of course um is important and uh, also with the guests making connections too is networking of course that's what you gotta do is network if you know you're trying to bust these shows you know as you go along and hustle so it's just like every episode that's a content that's your portfolio right there yes but connection connection and networking that they'll they'll take you places as they say content is king 
Mm. Right. I mean, that's yep. what you're watching on Netflix is content. Mm-hmm. Exactly. If you don't like it, it's, you know, somebody else does. Yeah. And the more content and the more people like it, the more they're going to watch or listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any other questions over there, Louis? No, it's Louis' turn. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this really? son of a bitch trying you. to slick it through. <laughs> yeah, I did nothing, you man. You think you're going to get out of it, huh? Man. Nah. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Let's get him. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I, I agree with you, Bruce. Uh, just being on a show and talking to people, having a conversation. You, you know, what I love about it, honestly, like I've always said it, I've said it too, is like after those, like, 10 to 15 minutes, you know, those barriers kind of like break down and like once the when they start getting comfortable and then like the actual show comes out and that's always I always love that feeling. You know, that's that's one of the things I like about it. Um but honestly like a big dream for a podcaster, I don't know what that is. I guess that just depends on the person. You know, I think it's just it depends on what they what their dream is as a podcaster. You know, um I, mean, I don't know, dog. I guess dude, if if I made it like Fighting like media like that, dog, I wouldn't mind. You know? <laughs> yeah, I guess the biggest dream at this point for any podcaster is to make it just like Joe Rogan for real. Like getting those hundred million dollar contracts, please. <laughs> please hit up Walt, hit up the Kick It Podcast. We'll be down. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but outside of uh radio and, and podcasts, you know, what what else do you like to do, man? Well, I've been involved in a project that I actually put together as a result of my podcasting, uh, Tijuana Fight Nights. Oh, I got involved in boxing, welterweight and heavyweight. Um, I met had a lady friend. She was just a friend. Um, a year ago, she says, hey, let's go to Mexico. I'm going, uh, I haven't been in Mexico in 25 years. Why, why am I going to Mexico? Well, I met this guy named Repo Rick. And his byline is, if, if you don't know, you don't know boxing, you don't know Repo. And uh, he was put on a fight in Mexico, in Tijuana. And uh, I said, so what, you want me to take my car and drive down to Mexico and chauffeur you there? Well, yeah. <laughs> so we went down and it was in, it was in a major hotel in, in downtown Tijuana mm. and it was sponsored by the cartel, the Mexican cartel. Sounds about right. See that big guy over there with that, with, that's bald puffing a cigar. You see that other guy over there drinking a beer. You see that other big guy over there. They're all the cartel, Mexican cartel. Hey, they got to be entertained and invest their money in some stuff. That mm-hmm. repo. And um, I had another friend of mine. Um, who was trying to put a network together, was newsworthy, news, uh, newsworthy, if you will, trying to do a news network. And it just wasn't happening. And I said, it's so I put Repo and Roberto, as Repo calls him, Berto, together and started uh, an entity called Sports World. And we're going to hopefully in the next month or so have our first bout. We have a building we've rented and renovated from the ground up. It hadn't been occupied in 15 years. And literally everything from the wiring to the plumbing to every, the roof, everything need to be redone. And uh, we're going to start doing a pay-per-view. Do you want to fight nights.com? And um, that should be interesting. Cause you're right. There's money in the entertainment. It's just trying to find that niche. Cause I believe in tar- as far as sports are concerned, people are just burnt out of all the shenanigans going on with football and basketball and kneeling and baseball and all that jazz. And they're looking for a good fun alternative. And, there's really not a lot of boxing going on, so we're going to give it a shot. Yeah, boxing has been dying down. I think MMA overtook it with, with yes. the UFC, especially UFC mm-hmm. doing uh, consistent shows like almost month after well, month. Joe Rogan was involved in that before, yeah. back in yep. the day, mm-hmm. so there you go. Um, and so I, I try to keep busy in that regard. One of these entertainment things is going to pop. Yeah. 
Hell yeah. No, but I do like that that boxing channel. That that sounds really interesting, especially in, in, in Tijuana, you know, that that that's a big boxing school for a well, lot of up and comers. When COVID hit, Repo did boxing every month in, in Mexico because it was easier. They weren't quite as difficult on things as they were in the United States. But what's interesting in Mexico is if you have five bouts with American boxers, Tijuana and Mexico wants five Mexicans. So it's 10 fights, for example. So half is American and half are, are Mexican just to balance it out. Because if you're in here, if you're American doing your thing in Mexico, then we want to be involved equally, which I think is a really interesting way. Mm-hmm. And it's only fair, right? So um, that's how that that's how it works in Mexico. And uh, the Chamber of Commerce likes us, the Boxing Commission. I mean, it's full on with a referee and the whole nine yards. And uh, I mean, if you do the math, if we charge $8 uh, for pay-per-view and we've got 20,000 people watching, right? That's $160,000. And you do one of those a month, you got a million dollar business. Easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So- Anyway, we'll see. Damn, well, you got you got to send us <laughs> you got to send us the invitation. We, I, I think we'll definitely enjoy going to one of those boxing matches. Sure, I can Absolutely. always pull do a Tijuana if it's in the. Oh yes, yeah, sir. Get mm-hmm. some tacos in the way. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> never goes wrong. Yeah. Well, what's funny is on Avenida de Revolución, which is and we're right. Avenida de Revolución is the main street in Tijuana, as you guys probably know. And on one end of it, there's an arch, big arch. Yes, we are literally a block from that arch. Oh. So we're right a block off Main Street, and Caesars is a big restaurant on that street, and they were the innovators of some salad called Caesar salad. They started in 1927 or 1929. So went there and had a Caesar salad once. It was pretty good. Um, and then we're going to go national. I've got some connections internationally, so we're going to, um, you know, once we get our feet wet and off the ground, then we'll go, you know, other cities. Uh, whether it be Atlanta or Oklahoma City or L.A. or whatever, and then we're going to go international with it. So, I mean, there's a lot of potential with that. And then springboard and other other uh, other um, sports as well. And probably I'm going to do some MMA, MMA stuff. No, I love it. It sounds super fun. Yeah, sports, they never fail. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think I just saw that, like, golf is also going international. They just had, like, a tournament in Saudi Arabia, and then they pay, like, Major golfers just to play in that tournament. It's it's crazy. Where do you think golf started? Uh, Ireland? Scotland. No, Scotland. 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 Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. There's golf courses everywhere. It's amazing. That makes sense, man. I, I can see golf coming like from Scotland. Somehow it makes sense. Yeah. So what, what Roberto's having to do is, is, you know, you see the finals and it doesn't matter whether it's tennis or MMA or boxing or whatever, you know, all you see are the finals. Well, what about the fights that got them to the finals? Nobody watches those. And there is a, I think there's a demand for it. So we're going to kind of work that into how did this person get from wherever they started, you know, pretty close to the finals and got there. Who did they, who did they have to compete with? to get there, you know, their journey. And, you know, they got there, make it a little more of a human interest story. In addition to, of course, having uh, sports involved. Oh, kind of like a, like a 24 seven special from HBO, right? So well, kind of, at least that came into my mind. Eventually. <laughs> yeah. Cause sports, sports overall is, is not doing as well as it was. It's just people are, again, they're tired of it. It's just all the same. So we'll see. 
Once again, too much politics. Politics got just thrown in the mix and Mm -hmm. agreed. That's when it stopped being fun. (laughs) It mucked it up. Yep. Yep. Yes, it did. Yep. Yep. Good point. Mm -hmm. Yep. I could have said it better. Yep. (laughs) I do with that line, Vic. Dude, it's freaking amazing. Loving it. Yeah, dude. It's it's one of those wines that just almost tastes like like juice. At least to me. What about you, Louis? It's pretty good, man. I like it. Bastards. <laughs> Your sobriety is self choice, my man. Yeah, I know it is. <laughs> as, as I'm saying it to you, I'm saying it to myself. Just remember that. <laughs> so, what are you at? Like 120? Hmm? 120? I'm at five months, I think. Next so month's going to be six. Is that 150? 180? Uh, rough estimate. Yeah. Damn, dude. Almost, almost a full year, huh? About 150. 150. Yeah. Almost half a year. And counting. And counting. It's not bad. It's not bad. Take it one day at a time, right? Well, the thing about that is, and what people have to understand is, because I've had friends that are alcoholics, is the big question is, what triggers you? Okay. Mm, Oh, my God. That thing happened. And, oh, my God, I want to drink. Okay. What got you to that point? What triggered you to go, I got to have a drink to deal with whatever? So... Um, I had one show I did called um, Global Recovery Today. Um, They had a clinic in Mexico, and they did um, ayahuasca and ibogaine, which the FDA didn't approve in the United States because they work. (laughs) And uh, ayahuasca specifically, um, no, ibogaine um, basically rewires the neurotransmitters in your brain. You do it once. It's basically like rebooting a computer. Oh, okay. Um, But they taught Qigong and yoga and meditation. Uh, and it doesn't matter whether you're talking about meth or alcohol or um, Oxycontin or whatever. Okay. Cause event occurs, something happens and you want to take whatever it is. So, and usually there's about a five minute, 10 minute little window where, okay, I've got to have it. Well, if you just take a step back and you kind of meditate or, you know, do a little Qigong or whatever, just to get yourself out of that, triggering mode, it will pass. It's easier said than done. But if you've, if you've got the arsenal, the tools to deal with it, then you'll make it through. And the other thing is, especially when you're dealing with um, drugs, is you have to change your environment. Hmm. Because like oxy, you know, maybe you brush your teeth in the morning and then, you know, usually go have some oxy. Well, you've got to change your environment and change your habits on, on that whole thing. Otherwise, you're just going to dive right back in. And your friends. I mean, if you went drinking with all your buddies, can't hang out with those buddies anymore because they're still going to drink and it's not going to be easy for you to overcome it, as an example. Uh, well, uh, unless, it's I, 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 unless it's him. I, 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 <laughs> no, I'm, I'm guilty of do, I'm still like kicking it with my friends because usually on Friday nights, just the other night, all of my buddies were drinking. I'm just hanging right there. Well, I had a good time till like four in the morning. Did, did you feel inclined to drink? Hmm? Did you feel inclined to drink? There is those moments. Yeah. Yeah. As, there long, those as, moments. as long as they honor, mm-hmm. because for example, this is a true story. Tyson, the guy that was in, did the show, he was totally sober. He had a huge challenges with alcohol. He was married. He had a house in the strand, which is a really high digit area in Manhattan beach, two BMWs, the whole nine yards. Nice. And they went to a party and his girlfriend goes, just have one sip of wine. Just one, one sip, you know, make me look good. I want to, you know, have to be drinking some wine. And he finally caved to the pressure. When he woke up, he was, I kid you not, he was on a park bench in Panama. 
We're talking Wait, Panama what? and <laughs> America. But I know he Panama just is just, went the whoa. heck off the deep end, and he lost everything. Lost his house, lost his girlfriend, lost his cars, lost his job, lost the whole shooting match. And he had to crawl himself back. Hmm. One sip. Wow, that is insane. That was just his, his, that was, you know, his chemistry and his situation. You know, I mean, it's a big stream, but true story. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, no, yeah. I've actually gone to bars with uh, Bruce a few times. And like, at least the cool thing about it nowadays, there's, there's a few like non-alcoholic drinks that kind of help simulate, but I mean, it, at least it reduces it reduces the craving. Uh, it I would say just as shitty, just no alcohol. Yeah, in there. Well, <laughs> honestly, remember, I went for a full year drinking two eleven. So that is true. I mean, yeah. anything's an upgrade after that. Really, at this point, I could drink goat piss if it could get me drunk <laughs> when I was at that point. You know, <laughs> you drank enough of it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the non-alcoholic drinks are good. Then the IP one, the IPA ones are coming out. There. Yeah, yeah, they're starting mm-hmm. to come out with a few IPA non-alcoholics. I think that's a, a cool. An interesting approach to the market, but just just a regular lager, dude. I I I can't get tired of those Heinekens. Those Heinekens are actually pretty damn good. Uh, I've had the 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 Budweiser ones. I've had the uh, I think Stella Artois just came with one. Like uh, I've I've tried a couple of other ones, but yeah, the Heineken one so far is the best one of the best. Re- Repo Rick got introduced to Virgin Margaritas, Virgin Margaritas, Virgin, Virgin Pink Coladas. So he'll just power one down without any alcohol. You know, it tastes almost the same. Yeah, pretty much. You're just not getting drunk off of it. No, he, doesn't drink. he doesn't drink. I'm so. pretty sure you could play that off as a placebo for someone. Well, my dad would go to parties, and he actually drank, but he didn't want to drink as much as they did, so he'd just get tonic water or club soda and throw a lime in it. And everybody thought he was drinking a drink, but he was not. He was just drinking. He was having a drink. It just wasn't the alcohol drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Smart. You know, he had the appearance of it, but he just didn't. He drank, but he just didn't want to do it in that setting. So. Mm-hmm. Do you guys think? Do you guys think the non-alcoholic side of beer is going to become a, a, a bigger thing than it is now? Oh, because I mean, I've been seeing, what do you mean? It already like, is. Well, the market's expanding, definitely. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I've been seeing more uh, more brands carrying non-alcoholic beer, and before it was just like the old duels. And I think so. I think it's going to catch up with the trends, uh, especially with the younger generation. Not all of them drink alcohol, so I'm sure they will like to same thing, have the taste, but maybe not feel the effect. So it's, I guess it's, it's going to start just being like a per, per, personal choice. Hmm. Uh, but I could see the market expanding big time on it, dude. I mean, that that's why the seltzers were so hot because that di- different product tastes, it tasted lighter and, you know, not as much alcohol. Uh, but now if you can have a beer with no alcohol, I mean, you probably just go for that. Yeah, true. I'll drink to that. Yeah. I, I don't know about <laughs> wine. I think, I think trying to replicate wine will be super difficult. Uh but maybe you could do it with other things like like maybe a, a whiskey, you know, something that has like a smoky flavor, but, you know, doesn't get you as bust. That would be a challenge. <laughs> but I prefer to still like take like, you know, the hot shot of a whiskey shot. Mm. When I had when I had money in music, we had one liquor it was with first um, gluten free liqueur. It was, I mean, it was a bit packed, boy. It was loaded. It was called um, Evil Love, spelled backwards. It was crazy. And it's out there. It's it's a um, clove. It's a clove liqueur, and uh, they came in the show and gave us a bottle. And wow, this stuff, this is crazy. But it, it was alcoholic, but it was non. It was gluten free, which I thought was kind of interesting because you know alcohol's got sugar in it. So yeah. they figured out how to do it without it. So 
Yeah, that chemistry. Uh, I, I've seen a few. I think I think actually Trust Me Vodka is like gluten-free. Yeah, right, uh, Lily? What, what else? Yeah. Organic vodka? Like I don't know. That's a trip too. Vodka. Mm-hmm. Yeah, vodka. Vodka. <laughs> is that how it's pronounced? I don't know. We had some good times with that Trust Me Vodka bottle. A few of yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just with Trust Me, dude. Trust Me, they're pretty good people. And I, I see them a little bit more over the place now. You know, billboards here, liquor store there. And, like, it's it's kind of cool seeing seeing its growth. I've even seen, like, trucks in the road. They have Trust Me Vodka on the side. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's pretty nice to, to see all that shit. That's tight. Huh. You should have seen it while, when we had, like, um, well, uh, a guest on, you know. He was, like, um, he, he would, like, supply us with the, you know, the Trust Me, just to get out the brand and, you know, whatnot. And basically, we just had like rows of bottles here. It's like different kinds. Oh, that one episode. Yeah, Yeah. I remember that. And then uh, the special thing about these bottles is um, the artwork. Uh, They picked it out like what? Once every... They 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 changed the artist. Well, they became... The bottles became collector's items. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They changed the artist like every, I think, 20,000 bottles. They they, they changed the design on it. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Put a candle in it and you can have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Hey, Jeremy Stewart has another question over here. Okay, cool. Of course he right. does. <laughs> this is a question for everyone. Uh, what would you tell someone getting into podcasting or pursuing a career in entertainment? You want to start that one, Bruce? Wait, what? <laughs> um, what would be difficult about it? Uh, what, like, what would you do to start? Yeah, what would what you tell someone getting into it? That's a good one, actually. <laughs> um, just be sure of yourself, of what message that you want to carry and the content you want to carry. Because if you walking into this like being unsure of yourself, it's not going to go as the direction that you want it to be. You really got to put yourself out there. And know what you're putting out there, which is know yourself. Yeah, right on. I'd say do something you're passionate about, because if you're passionate about it, then you're going to attract those that are have equal passion, um, and uh, it's going to be a better show. Dude, I, I and, completely and, and forgot and the question. And it had, longe- had longevity, because if you're passionate about it, you know you're not going to poop out after you know four or five episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was the question? <laughs> what would you tell someone getting into podcasting or pursuing a career in entertainment? Well, overall, on both sides, because they still cover entertainment, just just be confident. Like, on, on whatever you're pursuing, make sure that you're confident because there's going to be people doubting your approach. I mean, that doesn't mean that you're wrong. Just try it out. And, you know, as as you try it out, you'll figure it out. You'll see what works with you. But... Still remain confident, dude. Like, don't give up. Yeah. Well, podcasting is a lot more uh, accepted today. You know, way back, what's a podcast, right? Kind of like vlogging. Yeah. 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 Like vlogging. Yep. So, um, and it seems everybody's got one. So, yeah. What what do you got to stand out? What What do you feel about? Yeah, the way the podcasting is now, as compared to how it was years back. Well, there's a whole lot more platforms. Right. And uh, and again, it's more accepted, not only in terms of just people that do podcasting, but 
the fact that podcasters as a source of information, whatever that information is, can be legit and accepted and valid. You know, I mean, again, we, we off air, we were talking about mainstream media and how they've really lost their luster by, through, through, no, through no fault of their own. And the, that gap has to be filled in somehow. And it's, it's through alternative media, which is a lot of it's podcasting. I mean, you know, I mean, YouTube got took off because of podcasting rumble, for example, and it's cousin behind it, BitChute, B-I-T-C-H-U-T-E. Um, all of them, are, it's total podcasting and it's not just music or whatever. It's people trying to get information of whatever topic and, and interest they have out. Well, where do you think, do you think, where do you think it's going to uh, expand to? Like, how, how far do you think podcasting will go? Oh, I think it's the sky's the limit. Um, again, with mainstream media and their agenda being what it is or isn't. And um, I think there's going to be more avenues on that regard. I think in the next few years, it's going to just take off even more. And because people are hungry for information, whatever it be, whether, I mean, like, for example, I, um, we were doing, I was going to show with a girlfriend called and we were talking about off air, wine, women, and dogs. And we were going to highlight a 15 bottle the, the the most you were going to highlight was a wine is a $15 bottle of wine because most people don't spend any more than that. And to be candid, they probably couldn't taste the difference between a $15 and a $50 bottle of wine. So why bother spending the difference? It's three times the cost. Um, and this one lady was, she said, well, check this out. This lady was, had a cooking show. She just fired up her, her iPhone and started cooking in her kitchen. Just Turned on her iPhone, used the microphone on her iPhone and the camera on her iPhone and she started doing her thing. Literally a year later, she had a million views on YouTube, a couple of sponsors, and it was her full-time job. She just was passionate about cooking. She was approachable. She was entertaining. She was funny. And um, I guess she was good at it. And, it, it, you know, she found a niche and it worked. So, again, whatever you're passionate about, um, you will attract and find others. And, um, a lot of times if there's a bit of a niche in it, like for me, my show on there with Walt, it's really hilarious. I, I call all these people and I go, you know, if you want to highlight something or bring something, well, it's your show. Well, yeah, it's my show, but I'm not there by myself. <laughs> You're the guest. <laughs> and my goal I learned from Johnny Carson is if the guest looks good, I look good. So it's a win-win situation and I'm going to be here next week and you're not, but that's okay. If you look good and you have a great show and, you know, we make you uh, promote whatever you're doing, whatever it is, then, you know what, you had a good time. You feel more comfortable. You're willing to come back. You, you know, give me some referrals who also work with. Man, you're fabulous. I want someone to be in your show. Okay. Um, and I just think that's the way it should be. I mean, yeah, it's my show, but it's ultimately not about me because I have a guest, mm -hmm. right? Right. If, you have a guest in your home, you want to make them feel as comfortable as you can, right? So that's just how I look at it. No, absolutely. Mm. Great perspective. Yeah. <laughs> just putting it how it is. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that, that experience oh. shows, well, because uh, especially nowadays with everybody, like you said, being able to start and there's more and more podcasts and, and uh, even radio shows that are coming up, it's it's different. Definitely being able to find a niche that works for you is it's it's a plus. It's it's almost it's almost homework. Mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah, I agree on that one, Vic. Yeah. 
Yeah. Hey, take notes, man. I'm telling you. I mean, I'm taking notes from my damn self today. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> All right, well, well, I mean, I do. I, I mean, every guest I have and every show I ever did, I, I mean, for example, the psychology show, I had anywhere from 20 to 40 pages of notes that I gathered mm-hmm. from the Internet um, and it came prepared because, you know, you never know what's going to happen. And the one thing that's death on any radio show, podcast or otherwise is dead air. Uh, mm-hmm. Now what? What am I going to talk about? Uh, let me think for an hour. Oh, too late. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> yeah, no, we're kind of professionals at it, honestly. But it's part of the show too. It's 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 the niche of the show. No, but well, I I do want to know, like on your on your show, uh, do you have an upcoming guest uh, pretty soon? Yeah, I have one tomorrow, Alvin Taylor. Um, I've got a name, Mark Berry, who's a huge uh, producer, music and movie wise. Um, he'll be on on March tenth. Um. And um, my first show was really interesting. I had um, a guy named Robert Sun. He has ACCS, American Chinese CEO Society. So he's very connected with China. Wow. And I got out of him. He was in a, in, he was instrumental in bringing Walmart, American Airlines, and Delta Airlines, just for starters, to China. Um, he's very connected. So you never know who you're going to meet, what friends you're going to have. Um, and... Um, I told him, I said, hey, I'm, I'm involved in boxing. He goes, oh, you want to do boxing in China? We could hook you up. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Hey. <laughs> so have you always done like a lot of research when it comes to your topics or is it something that you learned throughout time? I, I just, I have always done research um, from early on. It, it, it actually, it's this funny story. So we were doing money in music. I'll never forget. Victoria was always to my right. So we were kind of like having a conversation. And she handed me this little piece of paper with eight font really small print. She goes, here, read this one after a break. And I looked at it and I went, I'm not going to read that. You read it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think she did, barely. And at that point I said, okay, if we're going to do money and music, and it was the first few shows we did. I said, okay, you know, I need to step, step up my game, right? It's an hour show. And so I started doing research and pulling stuff off the internet. And what I do is I actually transfer it onto a Word document so it's bigger print bigger font and I have control of the content. So if I have like 10 or 15 or 20 pages, um, I know I have enough content for whatever's going to come up. And it does again, it doesn't matter whether I use only one or two pages of it. I'm, I'm educated. I'm up to date. I know what's what I put in my head and I can use that during the show, whether I look at my notes or not. So I just think, and it's funny, I'm, Tony, who has about 50 shows on the network, he goes, you know, the ones that are most prepared and take the show and what they're doing seriously are the ones that have better shows. Yeah, no, that's big that's facts. facts. Putting in the work, getting out there. You already know what you're doing. You already know what the points you're going to give out and the topics. Yeah, no, shit. Damn, well, the straight professional up in here, huh? <laughs> Takes time. <laughs> oh, yeah. damn. So, so how, how would you describe uh, your new show, uh, Walt on the Air, compared to the previous ones that you've done? Well, um, like, for example, uh, Dr. G- Judy WTF was a psychology show, so we were solely focused on psychology. She was a psychologist, mm-hmm. so we dealt with psychological stuff. This is more of an entertainment show, but again, 
it, it's it's to entertain, educate, and enlighten. Like tomorrow, I'm having Alvin Taylor. He was an amazing drummer. He's been around since the '70s, and I said he's he was on Saturday Night Live first boat in 1975 with Billy Preston. He played with Billy Preston. He played with Fleetwood Mac. He's done um, stuff with Elton John. Worked on a couple of albums. He's done stuff with Jimi Hendrix. I mean, he's just an amazing. So it's just a matter of getting the story out, mm-hmm. and 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 I'm, we're going to play at least one. I've got one track I want to play. I'm trying to find another one. So it's an hour show. I can't play a 15 minute song. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta find one that fits. I've actually heard like a 15, 18 minute song. I think it was from Bob Dylan. Uh, after a while, you get over it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. After what? Half the song? <laughs> yeah. Just about. Yeah. yeah. Well, you just play in the background. You're all like, that song is still playing. <laughs> it is one of those. Dude. Yeah. Of those. yeah. I think it was Bob Dylan. I'm pretty sure. You can't, you, 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 you can't turn the station. <laughs> it's the only station to receive <laughs> and you have to remember that everybody is listening to their own radio station you probably mm-hmm. never heard this before they are listening to w-i-i-f-m what's in it for me mm. okay and so you have to have your audience in mind. I mean, like people talk all the, and I have a knack. I don't know. It's, I guess it's again blessing or curse. I I may I am able to find content that's radio worthy, right? Um, yeah. I was going to do a show, for example. A friend of mine referred to a lady who um, wants to do an interior design show, and she's do television. So I said, well, let me do some research. Oh no, no, I'll have our friend, you know, do the research and send it to you. And eighty percent of it I couldn't use. It was like, you know, it was a picture of a yellow couch. Okay, how am I going to use? All this stuff with a yellow couch on the radio. Yeah, there's you know there's cameras and stuff, but ultimately the foundation's a podcast. You know, it, it you know wasn't transferable. I says I can't use this. I mean, how am I going to explain that we're doing this and this and this to a yellow couch when they can't see the couch? Oh, <laughs> so um, I don't know. It's just so you have to have your audience in mind. Somebody will say something, right? And it's like you know when and I go okay. I'm not totally certain of what that means. You know, can you expand on it? You know, what do you mean? So that way, you know, you're always keeping your audience in in mind of what's going on so that they feel included in everything you're doing. Mm. You don't want to lose your audience. Yeah, never. So never want to lose the audience. Tell you guys, take notes. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, for reals. Keep everybody in a circle. Keep everybody updated. <laughs> what Damn. What... What are, what are some of the more difficulties that you've had with podcasting? Well, um, <laughs> I did a I did a show with a boxer. He was a three time world champion boxer, and he texted me the day before that his uncle died, who was an, a mentor of his since he was twelve years old, and I didn't equate to it. And ten minutes before the show starts, we were going to zoom it because he's in Texas. Um, I called him. I said, "Hey, you ready?" Oh, I'm planning the funeral. <laughs> oh no uh that was the first time i'd ever had a no show on a guest and i totally said don't worry about it it's all good we'll just move to next week so but yeah i was all fired up to do the show and all dressed up and <laughs> you make that phone call and <laughs> kind of walked into that or, for example oh, when, early on when we did podcasts and i always say if you can call from a hard line because back in the day mm-hmm. you never knew what, what good the connection was going to be in your cell phone yeah you know and you're sitting there trying to hear them and that's assuming they call in, which they normally did. But sometimes, like, like in a call, you know, it's like you're at their mercy. It's like if they don't, okay, now what do I do? Mm-hmm. So you know, it, you know, it's it's tough to 
get guests and have them show up and be entertained. We did one with a guy from China on Money and Music, and it was hilarious. He he was a big Wall Street guy. He decided there was a big opportunity, you know, 10 years ago, and he was right, of course. So he, he bailed Wall Street and went to China. So Victoria, my co-host, had a great conversation with him about all this stuff. And then we got him on air and we kind of woke him up. It was like seven o'clock in the morning, his time is like, you know, did you know we were going to like be on the radio? <laughs> and the conversation was totally different. It was night and day. And we talked to him afterward. He says, what happened? I mean, he's like, you were trying to it's just, he says, well, I got scared because I thought the Chinese would be listening. Well, they probably were, but <laughs> <laughs> so what? You, you knew that going in, right? You should hope it's a good audience. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Exactly what Disney wanted. <laughs> <laughs> so we did it again with him and he finally calmed down, but it was like, he just freaked out. And it's like, it's like, dang, this isn't working for me. And he's our guest. Now what? You know, <laughs> <laughs> didn't have much to work with. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> hey, did you get any, any more uh, comments in there, Louis? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sweet. The homie Jeremy coming through with another one. Okay. Another one. Uh, he's, he's saying, Walt had a guest named Doug Hall that is extremely intelligent with the stock market and crypto. Where does everybody see crypto being in a year and could it impact podcasting? Um, all right. I'll start with that one, dude, because it, it's it's already changing the world and it's going to change the way that we treat currency from now on. Uh, but affecting podcasting, I don't think it will at all. I mean, unless you make it I mean, to NFT. Uh, unless, it. unless it's like Twitch where you donate directly to like a certain uh, streaming platform then maybe that's when crypto does really come into effect and you just shoot them, I don't know, 500 Dogecoin, you know, in support of the podcast or whatever. Like eventually it could impact just in, in that type of way. But overall, just currency, dude. I think I think what crypto is doing is pretty cool. Uh, but sometimes trying to find the, the value on that, kind of like in the NFTs, it, it's a little rough, dude. But... Uh, you just gotta shift away from like I guess the the paper. As soon as we can get rid of paper, that's when we'll fully fully transcend. You think so? Damn. <laughs> yes. Why? Uh, I don't know, dude. Because pa- paper doesn't really hold a value. It's not like well, it's not it's not like an element. Had, we've had forty nine countries in the world in the last two hundred, three hundred, four hundred, umpteen hundred years that are fiat currencies which means there's nothing behind it. Right now, the U.S. dollar has nothing behind it. And the only way to have currency um, from someone who's been in this business for 35 years is have gold behind it. Yes, sir. And our currency has gold behind it. And I can prove it. Pull out a $100 bill. When was the last time you saw a $100 bill, Louis? <laughs> okay. <laughs> when you pull out the envelope? <laughs> Down the middle of that $100 bill, you can go online and look at it. It's a blue dotted line on one side of that front of it on that C note, it says federal reserve note on the other side of it. It says U S treasury. It's split. What does that mean? It means half of that bill is backed by debt. The federal reserve went broke and bankrupt last year. Did you know that? I did not actually. They were sem- over seventeen trillion dollars in debt because nobody had bought any of their stuff since two thousand and eight when the market crashed. The other half of the bill says U.S. Treasury. It's gold backed. 
There is trillions of dollars behind it now of gold. And that's where we're going. And the only way digital currency is going to work, any currency, is if it's backed by precious metals. Mm. Because otherwise, they could flip a switch. Guess what? That currency is toast. Any of them. Oh, yes. And don't yeah. think it hasn't happened and don't think it won't happen. So um, that's where our currency is going is it's, it's going digital, but it's going to be gold backed. Last year, um, actually it's 2020. Yeah, it's 20. Um, the, the, actually the Federal Reserve went bankrupt. Uh, President Trump negotiated with the Rothschilds and the, um, to take over the Federal Reserve and it got folded into the U.S. Treasury. So, uh, which is actually when the Federal Reserve was started back in 1913, it was illegal because Congress was supposed to print and manage the money and they delegated it to the Federal Reserve. Most people don't know, but the Federal Reserve is as connected to the U.S. government as Federal Express is to the Postal Service. (laughs) They're not. So things are going to be changing from a currency perspective. I agree with you. What's going to be it? Some people say it's going to be the Iraqi dinar supposed to have a valued yesterday or today. What is that? The Iraqi dinar, it's been around since the war and everybody's been holding on to it and think it's going to have value. Could, you know, it may, may not, don't know. Jury's still out. But what's coming into play is what's called the QFS, quantum financial system, which is going to go worldwide. That's the goal. We'll see. We'll know probably in six months to a year. Yeah. And and that's, that's one of the things that I think is still kind of tricky. Like, like, cause like if, if you were to buy a cryptocurrency, like for example, the Bitcoin, which is valued at currently right now, maybe thirty six thousand dollars. Yeah, it was sixty uh, a few months ago, sixty thousand. And uh, I mean, if you were to try to purchase Bitcoin, let's say for instance Mexico, that translate to pesos, and now you're talking about like thousands and thousands of pesos. So, uh, yeah, once you get maybe like a more global economy or whether it be Western or Eastern or whatever, that's maybe when you can fully transcend to a digital type of platform. Cause kind of like how the Euro had it when everybody was in, in line of how to, how to spend and how to manage a Euro from one country to another. And that needs to happen on a digital platform as well. Hmm. But Damn. I don't know. I, did you did you even say anything, Bruce? I, I feel like you didn't on, talk this time. On the crypto? Nah, because that that can go anywhere, basically. What he just said though just, you know, made a lot of sense. So that's why I was learning from there. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of cryptos and they're coming up. I mean, you know, this one's hot this week and this one's hot next week. You have to understand Bitcoin um started i think its original investment was like 22 million dollars and they kept breaking it up in little pieces and so now you got one thirty second of one coin and all that jazz and that's where its value comes from but it's it's manipulated a lot with china and a lot of people don't like bitcoin not that that's the only one it's crypto in general right now is a lot of nefarious people use bitcoin because there's there's no tracking and I think there shouldn't be tracking. You know, if they don't know, if they know, if they know what you're spending and how you're spending it, and then they can give you because in China they're trying to do it here a social credit score. You know, we don't like your politics, so we're going to shut off your bank account, and you can't pull your digital currency out. That's all, you know, up in the cyberspace. So there's a lot going on right now, and the dust is going to settle, and we'll see how it fares. But um, 
and it's going to end up somewhere and there's going to be some form of a cryptocurrency. It's just a question of which one. It's That's not, true. It's not going to be Bitcoin. Definitely. It's breaking news to you folks. <laughs> <It's not> <laughs> <Bitcoin>. <laughs> you ever got involved into that? You ever got a Bitcoin or any not, crypto? I have not really gotten involved in it, although I have a f- good friend of mine who's involved in it and, and looking at uh, Coinbase and, of course, Crypto.com. They have their own CRO um, sort of valued coin that you can trade. Um, but no, I haven't actually. I've stayed away from it. So, oh, okay. Um, to be honest, if you're going to invest in anything in terms of um, investment and have some practicality with it, is silver. Because silver has more um, manufacturing and industrial applications. And um, if you you, you, got, you guys know what a coup grand is? Ever heard of a coup grand? Coup grand is a is a is an ounce of gold. It's about it's about a quarter. Okay. And let's say you had a coup grand. Everybody goes, well, I'm going to buy gold. Okay, buy gold. But the thing is, you've got a coup grand. And let's say you needed to go buy $500 worth of groceries at the grocery store because you just had to buy some food, right? And you've got a coup grand worth $3,000. And you hand that coup grand to the cashier. And you've got $500 of groceries in, in your cart. How are you going to get change? Probably silver. Well, yeah, if they have silver, and that's the point is silver is worth less, which means it takes more silver to save the same amount. Mm-hmm. But that means you have you can more play with it. You know, let's say the silver coin's worth a hundred dollars, right? Okay. So you give them five pieces of silver, or it's worth two hundred and fifty, you give them two pieces of silver, boom, you're done. And therefore you walk out, you've spent what you spent, you gave up your silver, you got some food, there's your trade. So everybody loves gold, but gold, it turns out um, when what's going on in the world in the last uh, year, it turns out there is a lot more gold in on Earth than they, whoever they are, right. want to admit. <laughs> and so therefore, there's a lot more manipulation. Although silver has been down pressed, it's supposed to be about $30 a share, and it's teetering $25 plus or minus right now. So there's a lot of downward pressure, which is being addressed on silver. And so there's more upward um, stuff with silver and, um, we'll see, but gold is just from a practical perspective in terms of investing and actually having it to spend in the event that you need to spend it because the money in your wallet is useless. Um, silver is a much better play. And the kicker is you want to get physical gold or silver. You don't want us to have somebody else hold it because, they may be holding it, but they're not holding it. <laughs> they're just holding your money and tell you they have it, but they don't. Mm-hmm. And so that's the drag about silver is if you have $1,000 of gold or $1,000 of silver, you're going to have more silver in terms of weight and coin than you are gold because it's worth less. But that means it's smaller, so you can do more with it. But that means you have to store it somewhere and get a safe that can't be easily moved and whatnot. Physically, don't put it in your safety deposit box. Yeah, it's like having because like, what happens if the bank closes? You can't get your money. That is yeah, true. it's, it's true. like having ten ones and one ten. It's the same amount, but you just have more ones than one ten. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I like that. Well, I, I would have never thought about silver in that way because everybody thinks gold, gold, just because you know it's worth more. But what, what about when it comes to trading? I mean, silver is it's a great option. I have to look into that. Uh, did we answer? Did, did we answer all the questions over there, Louis, on the on the, on the comments? Uh, actually, Jeremy just dropped another. Okay, question. all right, all right. I, th- one. Th- this is the last <laughs> one, dude. I'm sorry, but 
<laughs> I'm a hope, I hope that we were giving you good answers, at least. I mean, Walt's over here giving great answers. I'm learning a lot in this episode. <laughs> I'm having fun. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Uh, where is the most amazing place any of you have been and why? Why would it be amazing or... What's or... the most amazing place you've been at and why? Why is it amazing? Is that the thing? Uh, it depends on the type of rush that you get from it. Because for me, it's Six Flags, dude. And Six Flags is fucking say, amazing. What's, what's your name? Is it Six Flags? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would say Six Flags, Six dude. Red Flags, huh? <laughs> that is the most amazing place on earth for me. Like, I fucking love adrenaline. That's probably, like, my favorite drug. Uh, I, I don't know. skydiving? No, I think I would love fucking skydiving. Go. Go, go, go skydiving. Yeah, no. My daughter just did it. She she was scared to death, and she do it again. Yeah, no. Well, there's actually a, a, a airport right here in Oceanside that I think they charge like 150. dollars uh, I want to. I, I do want to try it. I want to plan it. I, I I would like to do it like sometime in the sunset, get to see the ocean view and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, adrenaline for me, it's the best. So Six Flags. Uh, I guess if you're going for a nature walk or something like that, then I would say. Uh, uh, I went to our arcade uh, up there in uh, Humboldt, and it, it was fucking amazing, dude. So, something completely different than Southern California. Uh, being able to see the forest and shit that that was that was pretty. That yeah, was pretty Northern dope. California is way different. Um, I'll while you're thinking, I went to uh, Machu Picchu in 2016. Ooh, nice! nice. One of the eight seven wonders of the world. It was absolutely incredible. So, trip to Peru. Peru people are fabulous. Food was amazing. So I'd say Machu Picchu. So I'm trying to get to, I want to go to Singapore and I want to go to Egypt and also Venice and Italy. But uh, for me, it was Machu Picchu. Did, did you get to uh, like go to like the old ruins and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. That? Yeah, yeah. They, they take this wild bus ride up the hill um, and spend the day there. Yep. And what's really amazing is we rediscovered about 2000, early 1900s. And there is still little um, near the steps, there's water running. That, that was built back when they built mm-hmm. it and it still works and it, it is no different than it was when it was originally created. The architecture and the technology they used is, is amazing. That I is mean, insane. Cusco, Cusco is a set town not too far from there. And there are just walls and buildings that, you know, have been there for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And you can't even stick a razor blade between it. And they built them with no mortar. They just fit them together and they had an interesting way where it had a light of a slant um, when you walked into something. And then it wasn't straight. It had a slant. Yeah. And they put it together. And uh, it, was it was just amazing. And the whole climate change of it, too, the whole breathing. Because uh, my friend of mine said that it was kind of difficult to breathe while he went over there on a trip. Well, like, Machu Picchu has a little bit of elevation. Um, but there wasn't any uh, – there wasn't any – I mean, you got to get used to the elevation. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it wasn't any big deal. Uh, okay. Yeah, how about okay. for you, Bruce? Um, let's see. San Luis de Capistrano. Oh, okay. Like just coming over the freeway, then you see all those different beaches, and you know they're all so different, just connected, and the side of it, you know? So far that I've been, you know? <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I will go ahead and want to visit Guerrero, though. Oh, that'd be tight. You know, just take a road trip. Yeah, how, how about you, Louis? Uh... We got to answer probably, the question. Oh, man, my camera just died. Oh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. They'll still hear you in no, the Twitch. Yeah, now they're hearing me just with the voice until I get that camera going. It's a podcast. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, right. 
Sausalito, man. Sausalito, uh, it's close to San Francisco, I think. Um, I was actually with my friend, uh, my homie JT. He was just in here. Uh, when he was on tour with uh, Ono. And uh, it, we stopped by there to uh, get a little, uh, some coffee. Just, you know, we were there throughout the night. And uh, it was a small town. It was like right on the on the river, or not the river, but but um, by the water. And it was it was just amazing. I love that place. It was it was really cool. But I agree with you. Northern California is way different than Southern California. It's mm-hmm. it's different, more green, more lush. It's yeah. Um, it, um, weather's different. So I mean, everybody's just California. Well, there's really northern and southern. The people and the the. Mm-hmm. Geography is different. Yep. Yeah. Actually, my second place would have been Humboldt. The uh, the the cliffs in, in Humboldt. The, yeah, I the, think we ended up going to Big Sur uh, for a day, and that, man, that was that was cool. Being able to see that beach, being able to be on that like big old like mountain looking rock. I, I don't know. It was it, it was something completely different. I mean, the weather's way colder than over here. Yeah, it, it's it's a uh, it's more cloudy. Uh, it's more crisp i guess it's like more cold and i love that you know <laughs> and uh yeah the, the beaches i guess they're they're a lot more secluded since they're harder to get to so there isn't as much like human you know, the traffic in there little, water's a little colder but yeah 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 was, those are probably the spots i've i've liked so far so i hope we answered your question dude and uh, like we said that's probably the last one right there yeah we're good uh, any, any other comments that you got louis nah man nah, I don't, we don't have any more comments sweet Damn. Anyway, <laughs> and well, thank you for everybody who made it all the way through the end of the show. Yes. Congratulations. And congrats. It was a great one, to be honest. I just learned a lot today. Oh, yeah. Honestly, dude. I, I do appreciate you coming through, Walt. Well, thanks. Thanks yeah. for the invite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Walt. Ho- hopefully, we could do this again. And hopefully, love, would love to. Hopefully, you give us that invitation. Maybe we we'll go see some boxing down in Tijuana. Sure. That'd be great. Yeah, I'll give you the guys' dates. Um, we're still getting ready to get ready to get ready to get ready (laughs) of course gotta be you can check it out tijuana fight nights it's plural.com um and my show if you want to check it out is on air with walt.com and as i said i'm on every single um podcasting platform including iheart radio they they kind of like me for some goofy reason Um, (laughs) and also youtube and then we're going to be starting um on air with walt exclusives which will be a little more fun a little more uh in depth and uh, a little different show um primarily on rumble and uh, that'll be getting online probably next couple of weeks. So stay tuned. And you heard it right there from Walt directly. And one last time, uh, what time will you go live tomorrow with your I'm guests? on, um, I try and be on every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific. And again, the, the network I'm on is ubngo.com for United Broadcasting Network, Geo. And then I usually broadcast live on my YouTube channel as well. Sweet. All right, guys. Well, Same. Uh, I'm good on my section. Louis, you got all the comments over there? You sure? Yeah, we're good, man. Any last minute thoughts right there, Louis? No, man. I mean, Walt, thank you so much for stopping by, man. Appreciate it. it. Like Bruce said, I I learned a lot, too. I was in Mm -hmm. mode. (laughs) (laughs) No taking mode. You made me think today. I appreciate you for that. I hadn't done that in a while, so it hurt a little bit. (laughs) Get those cobwebs out of here. Come on, man. That's Even right. though it's nighttime. <laughs> True. All right, well, I hope everybody out there also enjoyed the show. I mean, we had a blast here. And, you know, check us out. You already know exactly what, what time we're at. Uh, check us out. Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, YouTube, Twitch, everywhere. Damn. Anywhere you can find a podcast, really, huh? 
And if you're hungry, just like we probably are every now and then after the munchies kick in, hit up Full Metal Burgers. Burgers so damn good. You don't need no fries. Located outside of Black Play Brewery. Can't miss it. <laughs> nah. you, you really can't. <laughs> All right, Brisket, take it away, bro. With that being said, yo, we do appreciate um everyone you use that do tune in every week. And uh, like I said, click on that like, click on that subscribe, um, follow along my friend here now. Hmm? You already know. Like, hey. share, and subscribe. And and that's right. God, such a great voice, bro. <laughs> I swear. Hey, is that really your voice? Or is that is, did you have like a uh... You have to feel the power of yes. <laughs> You do not try, you do, hmm? Oh, that's God. really good. That's God damn. <laughs> Thank you for the clip. <laughs> that's just for free, assuming you stayed this long. Oh, true, true. <laughs> And with that being said, yo, catch us next week. We might got a surprise for you. I ain't saying much. Just follow up, tune up with us, and check out the story and the posts as we go along. And yo, and fuck it. Louis? Yes? No last word of advice for me? You should have a drink. Buy silver. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great advice. Yo. Buy bronze. <laughs> That's I the metal. Know, I don't even know that's a metal, honestly. <laughs> It is a metal. It is. Yeah, it is a metal. Is that what you usually get, Louis? What? I don't get anything, man. (laughs) (laughs) Right, copper. I'm I'm watching on the ground like this, man. (laughs) I'm with with you right there, bro. (laughs) I watch it through TV. And with that being said, yo, thank you for sipping up with us. Thank you for toking up with us. Thank you for kicking it. Later.